Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christine Akins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on their retirement journey, whether they're planning for retirement or are already there. This episode focuses on required minimum distributions, which are also known as RMDs. Simply put, these are mandatory withdrawals from retirement accounts. There are tax consequences to taking RMDs, and not being aware of how that can affect your overall finances can be a real confidence killer. Joining me to discuss the basics about RMDs are certified financial planner professionals, Kelly Coates-Carter and Judith Ward. Welcome to the show, Kelly and Judy. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, Christine. I'm so excited about this episode because we get so many questions about RMDs. So let's just jump right in with the basics. Kelly, what is an RMD? Well, Christine, RMD is shorthand for Required Minimum Distribution, and it is the minimum amount that must be withdrawn from your qualifying retirement accounts each year. Why does this have to happen, you might ask? It's really quite simple. Tax-deferred investments cannot be kept in retirement accounts indefinitely while they're continuing to grow but are not being taxed. Uncle Sam has waited patiently to collect taxes on this money, Christine, since we first started saving it. Therefore, we generally have to start taking withdrawals when we reach age 72. Now, it used to be that we had to take these required minimum distributions by age 70 and a half, but the laws were changed in 2019, recognizing that we're living longer, so the date to begin the distributions was pushed back to age 72. Kelly, that's right. And that age could even change in the future as it has most recently. Absolutely. Well, that's really great information. But I'm not in my 70s. Judy, why do I need to worry about this now? Well, these mandatory distributions may increase taxable income, possibly affecting the amount of taxes owed. For any retirement account where you received a tax break when you contributed the money, for example, if your taxable income was reduced when you contributed to your 401k plan, or you received a tax deduction when contributing to an IRA, those contributions and earnings may be subject to ordinary income tax rates when that money is taken out in retirement. Now, for most people, the amount is manageable and may not even be noticeable if they are already using the money in these accounts. For some people, who may have large balances subject to required distributions or haven't had to take money out of these accounts, it actually might come as a surprise. Let me give you a few examples. So this is an example of someone who has a balance of $500,000, let's say, and they must take their first distribution. So using the 2022 Uniform Lifetime Table and dividing that balance by the life expectancy factor, which according to that table is currently (laughs) 27.4. I know it's very detailed here. But the mandatory distribution amount is $18,248. So at age, let's just suppose age 72, the first distribution, so that amount would be included with other taxable income for the year. But let's suppose that a retiree had a balance of a million dollars. Then the distribution amount would be $36,496. And if a retiree had amassed $2 million, the distribution amount would be almost $73,000 on top of any additional taxable income, potentially 
putting that retiree into a higher marginal income tax bracket. And Christine, the higher marginal income tax bracket is really impactful because it also will determine the Medicare premium cost that the retiree will have to pay. So that's important to take care of and be aware of as well. Right. And understanding how much of a taxable event an investor might be subject to in the future can help inform if any action could be considered prior to starting RMD so there isn't that big surprise. (laughs) Those are some really great insights. So let's continue to get tactical. I want to make sure our listeners know the ins and outs of setting up their RMD strategy. Which accounts do you have to take RMDs from? Kelly, let's start with you. Essentially, you're required to take them from any retirement plan or an account where you've been saving on a tax-deferred basis. So while not an exhaustive list, think your 401k, 403b, 457, I-401k, Roth 401k, as well as traditional IRAs, SEP, and SIMPLEs. The one exception is that there are no RMDs required for Roth IRAs if you are the original account owner. I'd also like to add, though, with if you have Roth contributions and earnings in a workplace retirement plan, um, they are subject to RMDs. That's great. Thank you for clarifying that, Judy. And how is an RMD calculated and who's responsible for, for doing this? Well, I think it's important to understand that for your individual retirement accounts, you as the taxpayer are really responsible for the RMD. Now, if you have workplace retirement plans, then it may be the plan administrator who is responsible for that, but you should always be double checking. So the RMD amount is based on the account balance of the previous year end, 1231. The account balance is then divided by a factor that represents life expectancy, as I used in some of the previous examples. Most account owners will use the uniform lifetime table, but if your sole primary beneficiary is your spouse, who is greater than 10 years younger, (laughs) you can use the joint and last survivor table. Now, your IRA custodian is required to notify you that you have an RMD, and they may calculate it for you or we'll have an RMD calculator to help you. And generally, financial institutions are really, really good at letting you know that you have an RMD that's coming up and will help you calculate that amount. Now, the RMD, it can be scheduled for any particular day. You can take it out all at once, or some people prefer to take the amount throughout the year, like on a monthly basis. So there's quite a bit of flexibility, whatever is most convenient for the account holder. If you have more than one retirement account, then you will owe an RMD for each account. But you could combine that total that is owed for all of your IRAs, for example, traditional, rollover, SEP and simple, and take a distribution from just one IRA account. Generally, though, you cannot aggregate distributions from a defined contribution plan like your 401k, including the federal government's thrift savings plan. The plan administrator will calculate and distribute the RMD for you according to the IRS. We spoke earlier about the impact of RMDs on taxes. What things can I do to reduce the RMD amount? So, Christine, there are really a number of things you can do based on your personal situation. 
For instance, if you are retired or even semi-retired, say in your late 50s or early 60s, you may be in a lower taxable income bracket now than in higher earning years. If that is the case and you are concerned about the increase in your income, that will in fact be taxed once RMDs are due to begin, then you can consider a strategy of converting portions of your pre-tax retirement assets into Roth or even a taxable account before the RMDs are due to begin. The thinking here is that you convert as much as you're willing to pay taxes on converting based on filling up tax brackets for that year, making sure that you don't bump into a higher tax bracket. With a Roth conversion, of course, you are paying taxes at the time of the conversion. And you're willing to do that so that you won't have to take a larger required distribution later on. And there's a there's a kind of a sweet spot here. If you're in low income earning years or you've stopped working, but you haven't started Social Security yet, think of those low-income years as a way to start this Roth conversion strategy if you think that's going to be right for your situation. You know, Christine, even if you are still working, understanding what you save on a tax-deferred or pre-tax basis means that you will have to one day pay taxes on it. Currently, you can delay that until sometime in your 70s, but knowing what will be required in the future may broaden your thinking on how you save present day. So whether that's pre-tax versus an after-tax strategy. For anyone concerned about future RMDs, a strategy could be to save using both the pre-tax and after-tax vehicles available, like a Roth IRA if permitted. While contributions to a Roth IRA do not lower your current taxable income, it does not have RMD requirements, as we discussed, for the original owner. It also offers tax-free growth during accumulation and upon distribution as long as the owner is over 59 and a half and the funds have been invested longer than five years. So in essence, it's providing a diversified tax-saving strategy for you. Lastly, as Judy has mentioned, if you're saving in a Roth 401k, those contributions that you are making are already taxed. So you could consider rolling over your portion of contributions and earnings into a Roth IRA. And again, those would also escape RMD taxation or requirements if you are the original owner. You know, and another strategy quite simply, is to just start taking money out of those accounts if you're retired and not yet in your 70s or at the required beginning age for RMDs. Just start taking the money out so that less of that balance will be subject to what's required in the future. And Kelly, how much flexibility do I have? Do you have an option on when you can take an RMD? So, Christine, you can defer your first RMD until April the 1st of the year following the year that you turn age 72, which is also called the required beginning date. After starting your first RMD, you must take one each year by December the 31st. In your first year of RMDs, the required withdrawal can be delayed 
up until, again, April the 1st of the following year, which means that if you do, in fact, delay, you would have to take two RMDs in a single year. And these rules also apply for IRAs. Uh, for 401k, 403bs, 457s, and other defined contribution plan accounts, it can be a little bit different in that if you're still working for your employer and also over the age of 72, you may have the option to delay that first RMD in that employer's retirement plan until you retire or separate from service. It's equally important to note that this exception does not apply to 5% owners of the business sponsoring the retirement plan or for accounts that you may have left with previous employers. RMDs for those accounts must begin once the account holder is age 72. And just to be clear, you know, the age at which RMDs need to be taken has changed over the years. Not that long ago, it was age 70 and a half. And most recently, it changed to age 72 in 2020. Now, if it does change again, your financial institution will likely advise you how that change may impact when you have to start taking your first distribution. And Judy, how can I simplify this if I have multiple RMD-eligible accounts? You know, we have the opportunity to save for retirement and IRAs and workplace plans. And it's great, you know, at the time when you're accumulating these funds, but when you have to start taking it out, it could be a little difficult managing all of that. So consolidation is certainly an option. You can consolidate IRAs. You can roll over from workplace plans into IRAs. But again, you have to look at your workplace plan and IRAs and make sure that the investments are what you want, especially with workplace plans, how you get the money out. They might have favorable pricing for some of the investments in larger workplace plans. So there's a lot to consider, but certainly trying to consolidate so it's much easier to track and, and manage is a possibility. And Kelly, what happens if you don't take out enough from your RMD? You pay a 50% excise tax on the amount that was not distributed, or in other words, the amount that was owed. You're paying this to the IRS at ordinary income tax rates. If you do, by chance, forget to take your RMD or you take an incorrect amount, you definitely want to speak with your tax professional sooner rather than later so that they can advise you on how to rectify the situation. And if I have to take an RMD, but I really don't need to spend that money, what options do I have? Kelly, let's start with you first. So in general, you can reinvest the assets that you're taking for your RMD, but you just can't put them back into another retirement account. So you could put them in a general investment account. You could also put them in your checking or savings account if you wanted. I would add something that I really like for investors who might be charitably inclined is to consider something called a qualified charitable distribution a QCD. And what this is, is if you're age 70 and a half or older, you can transfer up to $100,000 to an eligible charity, again, known as a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD. The funds have to come from your IRA and must be paid directly to the qualified charity. Now, once you reach your RMD age, 
this distribution can satisfy your RMD amount and generally be excluded from your taxable income up to $100,000. So you can contact your financial institution and make sure the transfer is executed correctly. And don't wait till the very end of the year. But keep in mind, you know, a, a any QCD amount is not considered also a charitable deduction. So this is great for people who may not itemize deductions. They can still make distributions to a charity and have it reduce their taxable income, have it count as their RMD. Now, this option can only be used with IRAs, except for SEP or simple IRAs that are considered active, meaning the IRA owner is receiving ongoing employer contributions. Employer-sponsored plans are not eligible, so that's something to keep in mind. My clients that don't need their RMDs, I can tell you they really hate the fact that they have to take this money that they've saved so long for out of their accounts. I know. it. You know, we think about us being certified financial planners and telling people how important it is to save for retirement. And someone maybe has done everything that we've told them to do and then are surprised. Like you said, Kelly, if they don't need that money, I remember hearing a client say that, They loved all the financial education about saving. They felt like they did everything right, but they wish they would have known ahead of time what their required minimum distributions were going to be because they were kind of caught off guard and they would have appreciated help prior to that because, as you know, Kelly, when when you have that taxable income that's not needed, it can affect other things. Certainly. So you're looking at increases in the taxation for your Social Security benefits. It could raise the Medicare Part B premiums that you're paying. And so these are all things, you know, that you have to think about when you're looking at the additional taxable income that could be generated from these mandatory required distributions. It's really helpful to know all of those options. Kelly, can I take out more than the RMD? Yes, you can. Because it's the required minimum distribution, an account owner can always take out more than what's required. The first withdrawal will count towards satisfying what's required, and anything greater than required is simply money you've distributed from your retirement account, and it too is taxed at ordinary income rates. It's just money you withdrew in excess of what was required. Although I will tell you, Christine, I have had clients ask if they take more than what's required this year, can it cover or satisfy next year's requirement? And unfortunately, the answer is no. Judy, are there any other situations where you might be required to take a distribution? Well, if a person were to inherit an IRA, they may be subject to required minimum distributions, but it depends on who the decedent was, the person that passed away, and the relationship between you as the beneficiary and that person. But you would want to check with a financial institution that holds the account or a financial professional with what you would need to do. That's great. Thank you. Well, look, this has been a great conversation. Let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Judy, what would you highlight? I would just say for a lot of people, required minimum distributions may not be an issue at all. They're already spending from their accounts or the amount is not going to cause them to go into a higher marginal tax bracket. But I will say for those that are only 
taking required minimum distributions that it's actually a pretty decent spending plan. So it's it's really a good way to kind of manage your spending. And Christine, I would add to keep in mind what the words RMD stand for, required minimum distribution. So these are amounts that must come out in most cases of, of your retirement accounts. So if you do in fact have multiple accounts, you have an IRA left over at this institution, maybe 401k, 403b at another employer, maybe think really carefully about consolidation so that you can keep track of what is in fact required. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping the discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or a next step they can do when it comes to preparing for RMDs. Kelly, let's start with you. I would say to remember that according to the IRS, it is your responsibility to successfully satisfy your RMD with some exceptions. And we've talked about those being workplace accounts where the plan administrator may take care of that for you. But, you know, it is also true that the best defense is a good offense. So do keep track of your retirement savings, not just what you have today, or how much you will need, and how much you will have over time. But also know the requirements for each type of retirement asset, your employer-provided retirement plan versus individual retirement accounts. And Christine, you may laugh or think it overkill, but I don't think it hurts to look ahead and note, maybe mentally or someplace else, the actual calendar year when it's likely that these types of distributions will have to begin. Yes, you may likely be more than a decade or even two decades away from that time. And yes, the rules concerning when these types of distributions have to begin and how much you will need to distribute could change. But I do honestly believe that having some awareness of this important milestone as you get closer to it will help ensure that you are well prepared for it. I would add, uh, again, for those who may look, as Kelly has said, into the future and think they're going to have to take these distributions and may not need that money, may be concerned about the additional taxable income, think about the strategies that we had talked about. You know, what is a Roth conversion strategy make sense for your situation? Should you start maybe spending from those accounts earlier in retirement? Or if you're still saving, should you diversify the way that you are saving for retirement using both after-tax, pre-tax, or like traditional IRA, Roth IRA, Roth contributions, and a workplace plan, or even just a regular taxable account. So you have that tax diversification later in retirement. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. You've done a great job helping our listeners to have some really pragmatic steps to consider as they approach their RMDs. This has been a terrific conversation. Thank you, Christine. I think it's been a time well spent and definitely a pleasure. Thanks. It was great to speak with both of you. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on taking a closer look at your 401k. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one. T. Rowe Price. Retire with confidence. 
This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price, invest with confidence, retire with confidence, the Bighorn Sheep design, and confident conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, and T. Rowe Price Investment Management Incorporated are affiliated companies.